1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, and then he names the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world is passing away. Everybody say passing away. And the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for this day. There's not a whole lot I could do to add to what you've already done, and I realize that. But Lord, you've given me this word, and I'm going to speak it. I know this is for somebody, if not here, maybe on the Internet, who will go to our website. Lord, I'm going to do what you have placed upon my heart by your help. Thanking you again for your blessings and your love. Everything's accomplished. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Now, what I want to do tonight is speak for a little bit on a topic that I haven't used in quite some time. It's been a long time since I have read this scripture. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. It's been a long time since I've dealt with that. But as I was meditating concerning the subject matter, it seems as if the Spirit of God impressed upon me to use this text, but to use it in a slightly different way. Now, the Scriptures has plenty to say on the subject of the world. Amen? And there are many ways which we could approach that text. But the path that we're going to follow tonight is going to bring this Scripture right home to each and every one of us. Now, that word world, W-O-R-L-D, that's in the text right here, it, the Greek word for that, it comes, the word is cosmos. It's what the Greek word is. And simply defined as an orderly arrangement of things. An orderly arrangement of things. You see, everything in the universe is arranged in perfect order. The sun, the moon, the stars, all the planets, everything, everything in creation has got an order to it. Everything exactly where it needs to be so life can exist on this planet. Now, we who believe the Bible and not what Darwin concocted in his theory of evolution, we understand that God in his majesty and power spoke the world into existence and placed everything in an orderly arrangement. 
All you got to do when you look at the universe and study the universe, you got to know that it had to have a designer. Hallelujah. Now, the automobiles parked out in the, in, in the lot right now, no matter what kind that they are, before that automobile was put together, somebody had to design it. Hallelujah. Somebody had to engineer things to make sure everything is where it should be, amen, so it would function properly. The universe is that way. I have learned through reading that if the moon was just 50 yards further away from the earth, that the tides would not work as they should on planet earth. Folks, there's too much order involved in the universe for everything that just had happened. Hallelujah. I have come to believe when we talk about atheists who say there is no God, amen, and we all, everything that you see right here happened by evolution. I figured out that atheists has got more faith than I do because you got to have a lot of faith to believe all that happened just like that. Just by happenstance. Hallelujah. Oh, Brother Sammy, but hallelujah, it was a big bang. I believe that. I agree that. I preach to that. Amen. A big bang. God spoke and bang, it happened. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Now, realizing man was created in the image of God, your great, 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 great granddaddy might have been a monkey and fell out of a tree. I don't know. The way some people act, I'm believing it. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. But mine was created by God. Hallelujah. Out of the dust of the earth. Hallelujah. Now, realizing that and understanding that, that we was created in the image of God, to understand what it means about we being in the image of God, there's a lot of things that we derive from, uh, our, char our characteristics are derived from God. For example, God has many emotions. So likewise, we are, uh, as people, we've got different emotions. God desires companionship. Hallelujah. God created man for companionship, for fellowship. Hallelujah. And because we are created in his image, we desire companionship. Don't nobody like to be alone? Nobody likes loneliness. Hallelujah. Somebody locked up in a penitentiary and they do something, they get thrown in the, in the, in the hole, amen, for months and upon months. Amen, it's not the, the small confinement. Amen, it, it's not uh, the things that are associated with it that gets them the most, but what drives them crazy is the loneliness. Hallelujah. There's something within us, and it comes from our Creator. We don't like to be alone. We seek companionship. Hallelujah. 
God created a world, and each of us in our own way are creators of our own little world. Every one of us. Now follow me for a moment. I'm still laying a foundation to this message. When I look upon the congregation tonight, I don't know how many we got here, but there are, say, if there's, if there's 25 or 30 or ever how many is, that is how many different worlds that is represented in this building tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach on this subject. Who will you lean on when your world falls apart? Think about that for a moment. Who will you lean on when your world falls apart? Every one of us represent a little world to ourselves. Now follow me. We spend the first, first 18 years or so, some more, some less, we spend that first time of our life being part of one world, the world we were born into, that world we know as family. For that first few years, that was your world, your family. Amen. And you spent your first part of your life there. Then comes the time when you leave that world and go out to create your own world. How many is following me tonight? Hallelujah. We leave that and we go out and we create our own world just like our heavenly Father. It is a world that you design. Everybody in here, we live in the world that we design. It may or may not be constructed like the one you were born in, but whatever you choose, whoever you choose to make a part of your world, it will all be designed and built by you. Every one of you from, amen, from the time Amen, you went out on your own. You've been designing and building your own world. You spend your life, amen, down here on this earth in a world that you build, that you create. Now, let's fast forward this in time to where a situation hits your world. No matter what your world consists of, if it consists of a, a, a wife or a husband and children, or maybe, uh, maybe you haven't married, you're single. Uh, amen. Your world consists of that. It consists of the job, the career that you've chosen. Everything that you have, amen, represents the world that you live in. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Just follow me. But we, as we fast forward in time, Amen, a situation hits your world that you never planned for. Anybody ever had something happen to you in your life that you wasn't expecting? You, there one minute everything was going good? Let me tell you something. I realized very quickly a few years ago how fast things can change 
in somebody's life. I was behind the, uh, the wheel of that old yellow school bus, turning in Watch Creek High School, getting ready to pick up for the afternoon. And the dispatcher radioed Route 621, Mr. Sam, yes, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, pull over and give me a call. Can't talk to you on the radio, and I need you to pull over. Pulled over, and I called dispatch office by landline. And uh, Mr. Sam says, police, paramedics, hospital, everybody's been trying to reach you since early this morning. Your wife has been life-flighted to Vanderbilt Hospital. Uh, she was in a very serious car wreck. That quick, my world changed. It changed for her. That Monday, as she took Jennifer to work and dropped her off, came back home, and then after passing Sycamore High School there on Old Clarksville Highway, going down that hill, falling asleep, drifting off the road, going through uh, the telephone pole, starting flipping, wound up going through a concrete mailbox and all that stuff, her life changed. She hadn't been the same since. There, what I'm trying to tell you is don't feel so secure in your personal world. We all build our own world. We take time in doing it. Amen. And we, we choose who we want to be a part of that world. But listen, don't be, don't be food, folks. Amen. That whole thing can be turned upside down in a New York minute. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, something hits your life that just messes up the world that you have made. Maybe it's a a wife suddenly dies. A husband suddenly dies. Somebody in the family gets bad news from the doctor. I could stand and go on and on and on and talk to you about things that can literally just mess up your world. And the question that I want to ask now is this. If that happens, and when it happens, because it will, because the scripture that I read says the world is passing away. Hallelujah. The world is going to end. Now, I realize that what the, uh, the, the apostle was talking about when he said the world, amen, that was the whole world, the whole universe. I understand that. But what we're doing is applying to this to our particular world. Nothing ever stays the same. Things change. Hallelujah. But when that happens, who will you lean on? Who will you turn to? And now is the most important part. You get that phone call. And that mama or daddy that you love so dearly found out they had a heart attack, a stroke. Who are you going to lean on? Where are you going to turn to for support? 
And then comes the most important question. When that situation hits you in your life and everything that you have lived in your own world for so long falls apart, you got to ask the question, was God an intricate part of your world before it all happened? Think about that. This world that I created, I went to my mom and dad. I was 17 years old. Uh, a couple months before I turned 18, said that I uh, planning on, on marrying. I realized it was young, but back back then, a lot of folks, most most people I went to school with got married real young back then. Don't advocate being that young. You need, you know, but anyway, Dad told me, he says, well, do you realize? He said, you're going out on your own. And uh, he says, you're going to have somebody else to think about. You're going to have to have somebody else that you're going to have to take care of. I said, yeah, I understand that. That moment and that time, I begin to build the world that we've been living in. Amen. The world that up to this present point in time. <laughs> when I got that radio call from dispatch and they told me that my wife had been in a car wreck at 9 o'clock that morning, I've been trying to get in touch with me all day. You know what I was happy about? I was happy that that world I started building for myself when I went and talked to my dad I'm so glad that I'd always make God an intricate part of my world. I've not always done the right thing. I've made, I've, I've been times I've made mistakes, and I'll just be honest. They're just plain times. I just outright did what I wanted to do, and I sinned against God. Happened more than once, but the best that I could in my way, I always tried to make God an intricate part of my life. And when I got to the hospital room and I got up there on that in that trauma unit, I was says, Lord, just give me a sign. Give me a sign, Lord, that, she, that she's not leaving me. I said, been with her all my life. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to be separate. She's part of my ministry. She's part of the ministry of this church. Hallelujah. I said, God, please. That's the same way we we prayed and held hands when Jennifer was born. And her twin was stillborn. And all the doctors told us there's going to be no hope. No hope. We asked God to give us a sign. Hallelujah. They, they, they said that they were going to have to uh, take her uh, from Memorial, where she was born, over to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. And we said, well, will we be able to see her before? They said, I don't know. Uh, we, don't, we don't know. She's in really serious shape, and well, we feel like we got to get her over there as soon as we can, and we don't know if we can, we can even uh, stop by or not. And we prayed while she was laying in the hospital bed. Lord, if you're going to allow us to have this child, we pray that on her way out, 
they rolled that incubator by our room and let her see us and let us see her. And Lord, if you're going to carry her home to be with her sister, just let them keep taking her on. Let her take her on. That was a, that was a prayer that we prayed. It wasn't about 15 minutes later, heard something banging up against the door, and they come rolling Jennifer in that room, in that incubator. And we saw her. Amen. And then that moment on, there was some long months ahead, and, and man, all the doctors tried to tell us this and tell us that, but we stood firm. We knew what God had promised, and we held on to it. Hallelujah. In the same way, amen, I was praying, Lord, you give me a sign. Hallelujah, because my world has not been without you. Amen, I have done everything I could in my life. Amen, to do what I thought you wanted me to do. Amen, Lord, I have made you a part of my world. Now I need you in my world. Hallelujah. And um, when I got up there, they said, well, so Mr. Pruitt, we're going to, uh, we'll let you back just for just a few minutes, but but you can't stay but a couple minutes. Uh, and, and, and so I, I went back there, and she was in this big ward-type place, and there were several other patients in there. Amen. And uh, I seen the doctor, one of the doctors in charge of her, says, yeah, you can go over there, but, uh, but she is... Uh, uh, we don't know. She's been, she's still unconscious. She was unconscious when she come in. She's still unconscious, but she is mumbling something incoherently. We don't know what she's doing. I walked over to that bed, all those tubes and everything connected to her and everything, and I could hear the sound before I got over there, and I got close, and I, I, I leaned in close, and I got the sign that I asked God for, because even though she was unconscious, even though she did not know where she was at, Brother, uh, brother Don, she was laying there praying in tongues. Hallelujah. The doctor thought he didn't know what to think. He said she's just mumbling something incoherently. I don't understand because she's unconscious. And then the scripture come to me that the spirit Pray us for us. Pray for things that we don't know how to pray. Amen. With moanings and groans that cannot be uttered. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When you've got the Spirit of God in you, it'll pray for you when you can't pray for yourself. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I was glad. Amen. That I made God an intricate part of my world. Amen. I had somebody to lean on. Glory to God. If it worked for me, it'll work for you. Give God a hand clap of praise. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. If it'll work for me, it'll work for you. Hallelujah. There's a couple things that I want to share with you, and I'm, I'm trying to hurry. But I want you to understand something. As you go through this life living in your world, one day your world's going to come to an end in this, world, in this life. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to change. And there's something you need to realize right now. And that first thing is happiness is not found in pleasure or gain. A lot of people run after pleasure. They run after worldly gain to try to find happiness. 
peace, contentment. Remember what I told you about we all being created in the image of God? Every human being ever born is born with a void in their heart that only God can fill. Some people go through relationship after relationship trying to find fulfillment. Hallelujah. It's trying, amen, uh, to try uh, what is the old saying, uh, a, a, a round peg in a square hole. Hallelujah. Trying, amen, to find happiness and pleasure. Doing everything to get, uh, have pleasure and then or gain to try to get as much as you can. I'm going to give you the words of the wisest man and also the wealthiest man who ever lived. This man could, could buy four or five Donald Trumps. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, a lot of people, when they talk about Solomon, they talk about the beginning of his life, and they forget that Solomon, even though he was the wisest man who ever lived, he backslid on God. He disobeyed God. He got, he got away from God. But he let us know, and if anybody ever knows, should know, he should know, that you can't find happiness in pleasure, and you can't find it in gain, no matter how much money you got. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to quickly read through that. This is the words of Solomon. I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. But surely, this also was vanity. I said of laughter, madness, and of mirth. What does it accomplish? I searched in my heart how to gratify my flesh with wine while guiding my heart with wisdom and how to hold on to folly till I might see what was good for the sons of men to do under heaven all the days of their life. Follow his words. I made my works great. Now, he's telling what he did. I built myself houses. I planted myself vineyards. I made myself gardens and orchards, and I planted all kind of fruit trees in them. I made myself water pools from which to water the growing trees of the grove. I acquired male and female servants or slaves is what, the, what they were and had servants born in my house. Yes, I had greater possessions of herds and flocks than all who were in Jerusalem before me. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the special treasures of kings and of the provinces. I acquired male and female singers and the lights of the Son of Man and musical instruments of all kinds. So I became great and excelled more than all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. Whatever, listen to this, whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure. 
For my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my reward uh, from all my labor. Now listen. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had done and on all the labor which I had toiled, and indeed all was vanity and grasping for the wind. There was no profit under the sun. Wow. He said, Brother Paul, he said, there was nothing that my eyes saw that I wanted that I kept from me. I, if, I, if I saw it and I wanted it, I got it. I searched after pleasure. I had all this stuff. Nobody has ever had more than what I had. Oh, see, but back in my younger days, I had a relationship with God. He spoke to me. God had told me, since you ask anything that you want, now I'll give it to you. I desired wisdom. He gave me that wisdom. But then he gave me all the wealth. Pleasure. He tried to fill the void in his life. Do you know Solomon? And man, I'm going to tell you what. This guy had to be a man. He had 700 wives. That's, that, that's true. That's true. Seven hundred wives now I, I didn't get this out of out of a, a commentary or a book the Bible tells you this but that wasn't all he had a harem because he had 300 concubines and you know what the Bible said his, as brother Darrell said his wives led his heart away from God. That 700 wives. Man, this man was searching for some money. 300 concubines. But his words here, then I looked on all the works that my hands had done and all the labor which I had told, and indeed all was vanity and grasping for the wind. There was no prophet under the sun. Do you remember what the opening text was that I read in John? He said, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You remember that? Solomon built his world around those three things. That's what his world consisted of. Jesus said, I love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. It wasn't, it wasn't so much the natural world out here, but the problem with Solomon was the world that he created. God called him. God put him into place, but he turns around and creates a world that God wasn't a part of. The lust of his eyes, he says, I didn't keep, if I, if I saw something I wanted, it, I got it. Hallelujah. Think about that. Hallelujah. Solomon built his world around all those things that he found that was all vanity. He had nothing. Listen to this. I'm going to say this, and I'm going I'm, I'm to move on to my last point. He had nothing stable which he could lean on when things got rough. He had nothing stable. His world was built 
His world to many a people today would be a dream world. Hallelujah. Everybody says, oh man, if I could just, if I could just get, make, if I could just make that million dollars. Happiness is not in pleasure. Neither is it in gain. One more thing, then I'm going to wind it down. Create or build your world on, on the rock. We all down here, we all a part of different worlds. You got your world that you live in. I have my driving a yellow school bus is part of my world. It's not part of your world, but it's part of my world. That's what I, that's what I chose along with other things. Hallelujah. But no matter what it is, build your world or create the world that you in make God an integral part. He's the only thing it's sure of, folks. Man will let you down. Man will lie to you. Man will stab you in the back. Oh, by the way, when I say all that, I'm talking about church folk. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. I've been there, done that. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. People that we went through thick and thin with, through their darkest hour, holding our hands, amen, through the death of loved ones and all of that, amen, cut your heart out. Hallelujah. But see, God is an integral part of my life. That's why I can keep going. Create your world on the rock. Matthew 7, 24 through 27 is my last group of scriptures. This is the words of Jesus. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house. Or let me paraphrase that if you don't mind. Who built his world on the rock. And the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it did not fall. <laughs> Glory to God, for it was founded on a rock. There have been a lot of times, folks, my world has been sh shook all to pieces. Hallelujah, and we all got those kind of stories that we can tell. But I survived. You know why I survived? Because my world was built on the rock. Hallelujah. Amen. My world was built on the rock. I mean, talk about Jennifer. I, I don't know what it is, but the devil, from the time of her conception, has tried to take her out. Amen. But our world was built on the rock. What happened to her at her birth? Amen. We, we was living at... Uh, 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 at uh, down on Little Marabone in an old single trailer one time, she fell out the door uh, backwards, and we had a, a step, a rock there or something, hit that thing with the back of her head, put a knot on her head as big as my fist. I don't understand why she didn't have no concussion, what, what a concussion or anything else. Uh, 
God was an integral part of our world, we prayed and took it to God. Hallelujah. She came through it. Now, whether or not you still think straight or not, that's another story. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll, den I'll deny every word if anybody says I said that. Hallelujah. We was out swimming one time. There's a creek we used to go to. And uh, uh, this was a long time back. Uh, Bubba, I always called him Bubba, Bubba Hell, had came out and uh, spent uh, two or three days. And we went down to that creek, that swimming place. It was not summertime. Him, me, had the three, had the three kids. And he and I was standing out in the middle of that creek, and we were, we were talking. Jennifer uh, supposedly was sitting on, on the bank. I don't know what she, what she, she was all the time stumbling, falling. We gave her a nickname. We called her Kaboom <laughs> because she was always falling. And some kind of way she fell off into that creek. And here I was standing there, and, 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 and Bubba Hill was standing on this side of me, and I looked, and about, about four inches under the water line, here she come floating down underneath the water with her eyes wide open, looking up and, and gasping. And she came right down in front of me, and I yanked her up out of there. Beat her on the back a little bit. She's fine. Events like that over and over again. Ronnie has the bright idea when he was little to take a bobby pin and stick it in a wall plug. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's why, that's how Ford got the idea of the light bulb lighting up over your head. He lit up. Glory to God. You see, when things happen in your life, if your world is built on the rock, no matter if the rains come and the floods come, your world is not going to crumble. It's not going to fall. Hallelujah. Glory to God. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I know that's true. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I could stay here all night and tell you time after time where people tried to do me in or try to harm me in some kind of way. Glory to God. Back when I was a teenager preaching in the tent revivals, uh, hallelujah, man, I had people driving behind me in, a, in, in, a, in, uh, in an alleyway carrying guns, amen, trying to, trying to scare us and run us off. Hallelujah, but we just kept on preaching. It means something when you know your world is built on the rock. Verse 26, But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and, the, and great was its fall. Let me tell you something. Don't you believe what them preachers lie about on TV? Them preachers on TV will lie to you and tell you if you send them your last dollar, everything's going to be fine. You become their partner. You won't have no problems. 
You just send them your tithes and offerings. Everything will be hunky-dory. Jesus does not say, if you yield your life to him, that you won't have any problems in life. But the difference in people who serve God and those who don't know God is one scripture. That scripture is this. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. Because my world is built on the rock. Brother Darrell, I want you to come up and get getting a course ready, please, sir, as I finish this up. The world in which you live is one that you have built. Where you live, how you live, and who you live with, you are the architect and the builder. Have you built your world on a stable foundation? Is Jesus the center of your world? What or who do you have to depend on if tomorrow your world came crashing in? This world will pass away. It's definite. It's not a question of if. It's a question of when. Your love and devotion better be centered on the Lord. When it all crashes in, it better be centered on the Lord. But when all else fails, all else is gone, there will always be Jesus. When the world's on fire, it's going to be Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Who are you going to lean on when your world falls apart? Tonight, all we got to do is make Him the Lord of our life. Just pray the simple prayer. Lord, I realize I can't do it without you. I found that out a long time ago, Brother Paul. Come into my life. Forgive me. Get your world built on Jesus. Stand together.